you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going on, man? Hey man, it's just another beautiful day in paradise. Uh, a lot That's of great, so a lot of great sports stories out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, hey man, you know, as as America is uh, getting over and dealing with the verdict of the Trayvon Martin George Zimmerman uh, trial, some NFL players and some athletes around the country have taken to Twitter and uh, and the internet to express themselves. And how do you feel about this, Sam? You know, this 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 new age of. Co- co- communicating and letting people know how you feel at the drop of a hat, you know, uh, it's just, it's unusual. It really is. Uh, we, we live in a new era. Um, in this day and age, social media is such a big part of, uh, our lives and what we do and uh there was a lot of people expressing how they uh felt about the verdict uh some positive uh some uh not so positive but uh I, I guess my thing is who's to say what's positive and uh, what's not so positive. Uh, you know, uh, on one hand, we're trying to give the fans a part of us and let them interact with us. And uh, when, when you give the fans or or anyone a part of you, th- there's emotions that you deal with. And, uh, you know, um, it, to me, it's OK to be angry. It, it's OK to show emotion. Uh, again, uh, people die for us to have freedom of speech. And uh, some of these guys, they, they said some things that uh, they uh, later recanted. But at that moment, that that's how they uh, felt. You know, after the verdict was read, I was very upset. I was very angry. I have young boys. And, uh, you know, it, it's just something that uh, that that we all can learn from. Uh, you know, because it's so instant. So when you hit sin, it's out there to um, thousands of followers and in some guys' cases, millions of followers. And, uh, you know, we have to think about being role models. And uh, so some of the things we say, uh, we have to be careful, uh, even if we're feeling a certain way. And, and that's so true, Sam. Um, you know, once you put it out there, it's out there forever. Even when you take it back and, and you know, you can um, take things off of Twitter and MySpace, my Facebook and all these other sites, but it's still there. You know, someone has seen it, somebody's copied it, and it's, and it's out there forever. You know, I've, I've told my children who, who are 21 and, 20 and, uh, and 24 that, hey, be careful what you put on the Internet because it's there forever, whether it's your picture or whether it's your words and your name behind it. So, you know, and, and, I, and I can understand the anger that um, that some people have felt. I have felt this. I have felt a lot of anger myself. However, uh, we just cannot 
afford to put words out there that we're going to regret tomorrow or we're going to regret four hours later. We just really can't afford to do that, especially athletes when we have so many people looking up to them and so many people, you know, calling them role models, wanting to spend time with them. And you just can't promote violence in any way, any shape or form. Uh, you, you definitely cannot promote Provoke, promote violence and uh, you, you never know who's following you know you, you can have a fan that's just a diehard that's going to um, cling to your every word and he's going to go out and he's going to try to do what you uh, told him to do in his mind you know uh, he, he's just connected that much with you uh, again uh, there's nothing wrong with expressing yourself but sometimes especially in the heat of the moment we have to we all have to do a better job of uh thinking and processing things uh before we uh let our emotions get the best of us you know uh there's there's a lot of stuff said uh you know Victor Cruz uh he he's uh he's one of my favorite players in the NFL Mr. Salsa I, I really admire his rise to the top of, of his profession. He's one of the best slot receivers in the game. He was just rewarded with a handsome contract uh, from the New York Giants. But uh, and, and his message was uh, that the hood would deal with the with Zimmerman. Uh, you know that he wasn't going to last very long once the hood get to him. And uh, you know you have a lot of guys out in different neighborhoods. And uh, you know when they hear that message, it's like, man, we got to do something about this. And uh, I, I'm. I'm 100% sure that, that that was not Victor Cruz's intention is to, to basically put a bounty on Mr. Zimmerman. Uh, he was just expressing what really a lot of us felt. Uh, you know, there, there's going to be people that's going to be angry at him. Somebody might want to get him. But, uh, again, to me, that's not going to bring Mr. Martin back. That's not going to um, do anything. I, I really feel, again, that there's a lot of teachable moments from uh, the verdict. Uh, you know, the evidence was there. It's easy to blame the jury, but the jury, uh, they based their decision off the facts that was presented to them. And, uh, you know, again, I have two young boys. I have a daughter. Uh, I'm very angry, I, but... I didn't say, hey, go kill yourself to the jury or that the, the hood's going to um, get them. You know, the, the best thing we can do is kind of learn from this. And uh, maybe it's going to bring more awareness to some of the gun laws, uh, the, the stand your ground law. Now, uh, if we want to make a mark, if we want to um, remember Trayvon, you know, we got to go out and we got to do something about it. So this never happens again. And that's so true, Sam, you know, uh this, this is a this is a tragedy, and I don't think we've we've seen the last of this. And uh, I'm sure that you know a lot of people felt this way when O.J. Simpson, uh, when we when we heard the verdict of the O.J. Simpson trial, where everybody thought that he was guilty. Uh, a lot of people were very disappointed and very disgruntled and upset. Um, the same, not the same, but a lot of people in this Trayvon Martin case were disappointed, disgruntled. And we've also seen some protests throughout the, throughout the United States about this situation. I was in South Florida over the weekend. That's where Trayvon Martin is from. And all you could, you know, everybody was on pins and needles Saturday night waiting for the verdict. I didn't, I didn't hear the verdict until Saturday or Sunday morning. And man, where I was, it was just nonstop by people working at this hotel I was staying at. Uh, they were just really, really frustrated, angry, and it came and, and it went from from young people in their twenties to older people in their seventies. 
it was just it's unbelievable, man. And um, we just have to pray and and hope that we can all get through this in a nonviolent way. And hope that we can learn from it. Hopefully, it will be a teachable moment. We can learn from this and uh, and move on. It, it definitely has to be a teachable moment because uh, if you have young kids, you're going to have whether it's a son or a daughter, you're going to have kids asking. Uh, dad uh what what happened uh with trayvon uh why didn't mr zimmerman go to jail or why is he on trial and you know you're gonna have to answer those tough questions you know uh are our kids really safe uh regardless of where they're at you know if you don't look the part you can be deemed a threat and uh you know uh, violence can be brought upon you so uh you know we you have to be careful you know and um uh, I'm not going to say it's, it's profiling because, you know, if you got a hoodie on, if you got your hands in your pockets, you can be white, black, you can be a a, a, a female or male and uh, no one to know the difference. You know, if you look suspect, uh, but just because you look suspect, that don't mean that you're a criminal or uh, that great bodily harm should be brought to you. And um, I, I just look at it as there's a child that was murdered. I don't see race. Uh, there was a child, a 17-year-old young man that was gunned down. And uh, basically, the, the guy who did it, he had a weapon. He he started the fight. Uh, I guess the way the jurors saw it, uh, he was getting beat. And that allowed him to stand his ground and pull out a weapon and, uh, and shoot Trayvon. So I, I guess... Uh, I, it, it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways where you can have a gun, you start to fight, you're getting beat, and you can kill someone. Normally, if you have the gun, you're in control. Uh, so to to me, that's just uh, – it's not making a lot of sense uh, in a lot of ways. But uh, I also do understand the fact that uh, it's very hard to get a, a conviction. Uh, you You have to – be 100 percent sure that there's there's no doubt in the juror's mind that uh that this man i mean you have to create that doubt to the jury and once you do that then uh you you have a great chance of walking away uh from this you know just some of the um the the, um, tweets wow stunned saddened as a father someone makes sense of this verdict for me right now please don't worry i'll wait that's Dwayne wade how do I explain this to my young boys? But Dwayne Wade again. I mean, uh, it, it's it's just tough. And like uh, James Harrison said, I'm thinking about going to start a fight and get my ass whooped and then killing someone. You know, uh, there was obviously some sarcasm in that, but uh, that, that, there was a lot of frustration uh, by a lot of celebrities. And uh, and I really do, in my heart of hearts, Daryl, feel that they don't want any violence. Uh, and that they're not promoting violence, but uh, it, there's definitely a lot of frustration uh, throughout this country uh, about the verdict and uh, what happened. And, and it is, Sam, and um, when you think about sports fans, how sports fans follow athletes, you know, Marion Jones went to, went to prison for tax evasion. Michael Vick went to prison for killing a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sprint. Mike Tyson went to prison for alleged, well, he was convicted of rape. You know what I mean? You know, I, 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 we, and then we look at this young man. He lost his life, and 
don't seem like anything is being done about. It. You know, it's 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 really sad. And and I, like I say, I, I'm really going to be patient with this thing, and um and I'm going to wait and see how how it really unfolds because I just don't see where I guess three weeks of, of a trial was long enough to um, to deal with this situation, man. I just don't. It's a lot of information uh, that the jury had to, uh, to process. Uh, you know, I'm sure that they're uh, under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. But at the same time, uh, the, the facts were the facts, and they had to base uh, their decision off the facts that were presented to them. But, uh, you, you know, you really hit on some, Daryl, when you said Michael Vick goes to prison for fighting dogs. You know, you so you're telling me that we're treating animals better than we're treating kids. Hey. Uh, People are, uh, are raping uh, women and uh, molesting kids. And, uh, man, come on, man! And, and, and they're not going to jail. So uh, I mean, it, I mean, this is this is sad, man. This is tough. But I, I guess, like Don King will say, only in America that you can uh, get away with something like this. Only in America. Hey, Chad Johnson went to jail along with Zimmerman for, uh, for slapping his attorney on the butt. Come on, yeah. man! You know, it's, so it's, it's a, crazy. It's just unbelievable. But, but you know, in the basketball world, uh, you know, you had Dwayne Wade. Um, he was outspoken, you know, the Miami Heat. They uh, they wore the hoods. Uh, they were very supportive. Uh, Chris Paul, his prayers go out to the Martin family. But uh, and, and Russell Westbrook, a couple guys, man. But you you had some guys, some big name guys that just they kind of st- they kind of stayed clear from the whole uh, social media thing. And uh, in a way, I think that was a good move because. Uh, if you're not going to say anything positive, I guess the best thing is to not say nothing at all. Because uh, the reason we're having this conversation is because of some of the things and and that the player said to vent their frustration. And uh, you know, so I, I can understand why the LeBrons and uh, some of these guys, uh, Drew Brees, some of the highest paid athletes in the world, the Kobe Bryant's, didn't really come out and say anything. That doesn't mean that they're not supporting supportive of the movement. But at the same time, you have to be careful of, of what you say. There's a lot of kids watching, uh, and, uh, you're talking about being a role model and doing the right thing. Uh, this is the time where they're needed to lead and to set a good example. And, you know, Sam, we have some athletes, man, that are not quite at that super, superstar level that want to get there someday. And they just can't afford to miss out on an opportunity for, for, uh, for sponsorship. You know, and then we have some athletes like, like almost like LeBron James and, and Dwayne Wade, where they're so big, they're super superstars, and they're at the at the pinnacle of their career where they can almost say whatever they want to say. You know, but then we we do have some other players like Russell Westbrook. He's not there yet. You know, he really has to be careful what he says. But not just him, but a lot of a lot of other, uh, other athletes. You know, I'm so sure Russell Wilson, who's an up and coming athlete. He's not in a position yet where he can, you know, express himself. You know, not, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, in, in reality, this man is just, he could easily be put out of the league as easily as he got in the league. But, but when we say express ourselves, you know, uh, expressing how you feel, I, I just think um, 
sometimes you you got to err on the side of caution because we are talking about social media. We are talking about uh, people twisting the things you say. And uh, again, I think Victor Cruz is one of the nicest guys in the NFL. And uh, for him to say that, you know, the Zimmerman's not going to last a minute in the hood. I, I don't feel that he was promoting violence or again, putting a, a, a bounty out on Zimmerman. Zimmerman. It's just, he was saying what a lot of people really want to say and expressing it, but with it coming from some of our high high profile athletes, now everyone's looking at them and saying, oh, he shouldn't be saying this. And now that can put potentially put him in a position where sponsors are not going to want to align with him. But uh, to, to me, that's the whole um concept behind social media is to give the fans a part of you so they can see what you're doing they can see what you're thinking and uh you know your emotions are definitely a part of you and uh, uh again a lot of times when you're angry when you're upset you're not in the right mindset and uh i, I the, the best thing to do in, in some of these instances is to just calm down and really process what you're about to say or what uh, the damage that can possibly be done before you hit the sin button, because once you hit the sin, there's no bringing it back. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys, they say, oh, somebody hacked my account or did this. I do like the fact that these guys are taking ownership and just just getting the message out there that they're not promoting violence and they don't believe in um, in that. No, Sam, we, we have to understand that our social media, our Twitter, our Facebook, it follows us. It follows, follows us in the workplace. You cannot be seen on Facebook and Twitter with just anybody. You can't be seen with known fellas on your Facebook account. You can't be seen wearing paraphernalia that's inappropriate on a picture on your Facebook account. You know, because these things follow us. You know, and if you're an NFL player, you can best believe that the NFL is looking at your Facebook as closely as they're, as they're watching you. You know what I mean? They know where you're at. They know who you're associating yourself with. And trust me, they know everything that's going on on these Facebook and Twitter accounts. So these guys really have to be aware of what's going on, what they say, how they say it. It's a lot of things that we may see in our lives on a daily basis. Your boss may come in there and talk to you every day, and his breath smells horrible. Well, are you going to go to your boss or put it on Facebook? Man, my boss, my boss breath smells like cat doodle every day. You're never going to say that, man. You know what I mean? But because if you did, you may not have a job next week. And the ones that are saying and the ones that are saying that they are, they're getting rid of them. They're being reprimanded. They're bringing them into the office. They're talking about them. And uh, but, you know, hey, uh, it's a it's a very, very. trick sack that that you can put yourself in but uh at the same time there's nothing wrong with uh expressing uh, yourself expressing yourself uh and letting the fans uh have a part of you but uh i guess uh you know what a couple couple months ago um the guy daniel snyder came out and said he wasn't changing the risk and saying name for nothing and i'm sure it's a bunch of players on that team do not like the fact that that team is called the red skin because it was, it was called the black skins or the Negroes. We had we'd be so offended we wouldn't go to the game. We wouldn't support the team. Hey, Darren, hold that so- hold, hold that thought. You're yeah. in the Sports Info. You're on the Voice American Network. We'll be right back after this break. 
alternate flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info. You and me, Sam, before we left, man, I was talking about Daniel Snyder, the Redskins owner. I'm sure it's a lot of players don't agree with some of the things he say about um, keeping the name, the Redskins, never relinquishing that name. Um, if this team would call something like the, the, uh, the Washington Black Guys or the, the Washington Negroes or the Washington Black Skins, uh, the Washington Black Faces. Hey, man, this this would not be going on. But no one on that team is going to come out on the Internet and say, hey, Coach, uh, the, the owner of my team is not right. What he's saying, I don't agree with. He's totally, what he's doing with his name is in a, totally inappropriate. Nobody's going to come out and say that, Sam, because they all love picking up those checks. Hey, uh, you would like to pick up those checks too, Gary. And, and, and you know that. I wouldn't uh, say nothing either. No, you you really can't say anything. You know that's the guy yeah. that's uh, that's your livelihood. That's the guy that uh, puts food on your table, and uh, you know those are his opinions. That those are his views, his opinions. That don't mean that they're right, wrong, or indifferent. You know, uh, th- this has been a fight that's been going on for a while. Uh, that there's been several college teams that have dropped their logos and. Uh, and respect to the Native Americans. So, uh, hey, those are Daniel Snyder's views that don't make them right. But uh, 
You're right, though, you know, um, and, and that's where we have to be careful at just because we don't like what's going on in the workplace or like our boss that doesn't give us the right to go on Facebook and say, hey, my boss is a dush or, or or whatever, however you may feel about your boss. But, uh, you know, so you have to be uh, you have to be very, very careful uh, in these uh, in these cases. And uh, I guess my next thing is. How cautious should athletes be in how they express their likes and dislikes of, of certain views and opinions? You know, you know uh, let me give you an example, Sam. The Pouncey twins were out over the weekend celebrating their birthday, but they both had hats on um, saying free Hernandez. You know, I just don't I don't I don't understand that. I understand, I understand Aaron Hernandez was their friend. And for all we hear about the Pouncey twins is they're two really nice young men. But for them to put themselves out there, to put their, their almost their livelihood on the line, it's just, is it, is it really worth it? And, so uh, you know, one of, one of, one of them was, a. Uh... Hernandez, Hernandez's roommates, uh, they went to the University of Florida together. So uh, obviously they're friends and they have uh, different views on Hernandez than uh, a lot of people have on Hernandez. Uh, and, you know, again, innocent until proven guilty. Uh, yes, he's facing murder charges. Uh, again, a- after watching what just took place in Sanford, anything is possible. And it's, so if you're Hernandez, you have to be feeling good about the outcome of the uh, the Zimmerman case, it, it gives you hope, and uh, you're you're talking about friends. Uh, but again, expressing yourself and, and your views and uh, the, the rights and wrongs of it, uh, you know, uh, Marquise has came out and apologized. Marquise Pouncey of the of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, he said he fully recognized the seriousness of the situation involving involving his former teammate. And again, there's nothing wrong with supporting your teammate, but uh, you also have to be sensitive to to everyone involved in this situation. And uh, you know, a mother and a father that, that they lost their son in uh, Mr. Lloyd, and until uh, all of the facts are out, I'm I'm going to hold judgment on that. But uh, I, I really like the Pouncey brothers; they have a very very good uh, reputation throughout the league. Uh, I, I really feel that this is something that they'll be able to put behind them. Uh, is it going to cost them uh, some ridicule from uh, their teammates in the locker room? Probably so, but it's going to be more like, hey, man, what were you thinking? You know, you just got to make smarter decisions. Again, they can learn from this, uh, but there is nothing wrong with them supporting uh, Hernandez. Uh, I, I really feel they're going to need to support him and uh, communicating with him and talking to him and just trying to keep him mentally strong more so than wearing a hat. You know, I, I would agree with you. And I think some of this can be chalked up as being young. You know, both of these guys have only been in the league uh, two and three years, coming up on two and three years. So uh, we can talk this stuff on being young. However, um, someone needs to get to them and talk to them quickly and let them know that, hey, you know, you really have to kind of wait until you have a dog in the fight. And I don't think they really have a dog in this fight. And I think they really need to kind of like – Sit back and let this thing unfold. There's nothing wrong with having an open, um, open communication with Hernandez if, if he allows that. They can can talk to him, but don't go out putting up banners and um, 
and wearing T-shirts and hats, promoting um, him to be released from prison. Let's let this thing uh, work itself out and and just you know take it easy. You know, sometimes it's best to sit back and look at everything going on than to jump into the race and not even know how long it's, how how long it is. That is very, 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 very true, Daryl. And, uh, you know, speaking of Hernandez, the Hall of Fame had a photo of him removed uh, from Ken. Uh, you know, I, I guess when it rains, it pours. Uh, what's next? Hey, you know, what is next? You know, if he's found guilty, could he be uh, facing lethal injection or electric chip? What, what is next for this young man? You just, you just don't know, man. Yeah. And you know, you wonder how much money he has in his possession. You know, is he worth $14, $20 million? Can he afford to spend $5 million on, on attorneys to get himself out of this thing? And if he spends all of his money on attorneys and and is convicted, is his family going to be able to survive something like this without him? You know, you just really don't know, man. It's a lot of questions. It's a lot of unanswered questions. Yes, it is. Hey, Daryl, you know, there was eight guys given the franchise tag in the National Football League, and only one of those guys came to an agreement before the deadline, and that was the Denver Broncos and Mr. Ryan Claddy. Uh, a big-time deal, five years, $57.5 million. Uh, what are your thoughts and views on that, and uh, how do you feel about the guys that wasn't able to, to get a deal hammered out. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think he got thirty million up front. Thirty-three million in guaranteed money. So, uh, hey, that makes it even sweeter. You know, that's 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 a lot of chatter, Sam. That that is a um, that that's a that's a lot of money. Uh, no matter how you look at it, uh, but again, uh. There was only one guy who didn't sign his tender, and that was Jerry's Bird, uh, the safety from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he, he wants to become the highest-paid safety in football. He is a tremendous talent, but uh, you know there's a lot of big-time safeties out there. And if you look at some of the guys that uh, that play that safety position, like Troy Palmalu, you look at the Bob Sanders of the world, the Ed Reeds. I mean, uh, it, it's a position that um, really puts a lot of wear and tear on your body. Uh, so I really don't blame uh, Mr. Bird for wanting to be well compensated for the wear and tear that he's going to um, put his body through. But, um, you know, I, I really think he's playing a real tough game of chicken with the Bills in the aspect that by him not signing his tender, that allows them to reduce his salary greatly where you're talking about instead of making 7 or $8 million under the franchise tender, where he might only potentially make a million. And, you know, you have seen teams do that, Daryl. So what are your thoughts on that? Is that something that you as an agent you would advise your client to do? You know, I think Jarius Bird is looking at this. He's 27 years old. This is his last opportunity to sign a big-time contract. One of those contracts that set you up for life, that have you not working for the rest of your life. So... <clears throat> In reality, Sam, I think he's doing the right thing. Um, you know, you, sooner or later, you got to go for broke. You know, you just can't keep chipping and chipping and chipping 
so one of these days you got to hit for the home run, man. These base hits and singles, they're good. But if you don't swing for the fences once in your life, you'll never do it, and you'll always be asking, "What if? If I had only?" Because if you don't, you're gonna be able to. You're gonna live off of what you got, regardless. But if you do and it works out, hey, you well, and your family can live off of it for the rest of your life. He, his his tender would have been a just under seven million dollars, the one year tender. Uh, you know that, that that's tough. You had other guys, the Bears. Uh, Defensive tackle Henry Melton, uh, he's a 2009 fourth round draft pick out of Texas. He signed for eight, eight and a half million dollars. You know, uh, if he wouldn't have signed his tender, the Bears could have, uh, they could have reduced his, uh, his uh, salary to 1.6 million. You know, that's a that's a big difference by and not we are by, talking by, about, by taking that chance of not signing that tender. And we are talking about the Bills here. This is a, yeah. this is one of the cellar dwellers in our in our league, and they really can't afford to allow too many good players to leave their organization. And uh, you know he's he's willing. Uh, Bird is uh, he's just landed out there, man. I I really feel that this is going to linger. Uh, it's going to last into training camp and possibly into the season. Uh, and uh, that's definitely going to hurt a team that uh that has a new coach and uh that are trying to make their mark and uh get back to respectability. Well, the Bills are supposed to report to training camp on July 26th, and uh, uh, without a contract, I'm sure Bird won't be there. And and um, he he he's going to start missing paychecks on September 8th if he's not in camp. So I think he's going. I think this whole thing will be dealt with before September. You know? <laughs> But uh, they can't really. He's not signed, so he he'll miss paychecks. But uh, they're not going to be in a situation where they can uh, find him. Uh, you know, out of the eight guys, Mr. Ryan Claddy, the only um, free uh, only guy under the franchise tender that was uh, able to hammer out a long term deal. Uh, six other guys signed their tenders, and uh, Mr. Bird said he's going to roll the dice. And uh, like you said, sometimes you have to go for broke. Yeah, you do, man. You can't, like I said, you got to swing for the fences once in a while. Yeah. Hey, but, you know, um, talking about teams that are, this, this team is not quite in the cellar, but the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they they, they signed Carlos Dunlap to a long-term, long-term deal. Six-year contract extension, man. $40 million contract, man. You're talking about a guy that only started two games uh, in his first three years, but he still was able, as being a situational pass rusher, he was still able to um, to put up some nice numbers uh, to, to tally a total of 20 sacks in his first three years and only starting two games. Uh, he had nine and a half sacks as a rookie. Uh, hey, man, they got a guy that's under the tender, so uh, that, that kind of lets you know uh, the direction that they're going in. They're going to get this last year out of their franchise player, and uh, it's going to be the, um, the Mr. Dunlap show. When you invest $40 million in a guy, uh, that's a big-time commitment. That is a big-time commitment. And, you know, Carlos Dunlap, to me, he, he reminds me of Clowney a little bit, the guy, the defensive end at, uh, at South Carolina. Here it is, Dunlap. It signed a $40 million deal, and Clowney literally has two more years in college. He's probably going to only play one more year. But he has two more years in college. Yeah. Hey, Daryl. Uh, who will win the toughest division in uh, in football? And uh, when I say the toughest division in football, I'm talking about the NFC West. Well, Sam, 
you know, we, we always talk about, you know, the San Francisco, Seattle, St. Louis, Arizona. You know, uh, <laughs> I would have to say um, San Francisco has to be the favorite to win this, man. You know, I love Russell, Russell Wilson, but, you know, San Francisco 49ers were in the Super Bowl last year and just a couple of plays away from, from, um, from doing the darn thing uh, after the, la- the, the lights went out in New Orleans. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give uh, San Francisco a, a slight edge, man. You're going to go uh, San Francisco. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Daryl. The one thing about that I really love about this uh, this division is uh, you, you have arguably two of the best teams in all of football in San Francisco and Seattle. And uh, to me, I look at, I look at this division as a, um, a, a division with those two teams, whoever secures the home field advantage is going to definitely have the edge out of those two teams. But I, I just really like the overall depth of the whole division. You look at the St. Louis Rams, they finished seven and eight and one last year. They tied the 49ers and they also, uh, they beat them. They they split with Seattle. Uh, so you're talking about a team that's uh, two one and one against the best two of the better teams in, in football. Uh, they have a lot of young talent, draft picks. They got a big time coach in uh, Fisher. They have an emerging quarterback in uh, Bradford. They just took a big time uh, receiver out of West Virginia this year. Uh, everything is starting to line up for the St. Louis Rams, and uh, I, I really see them improving on that seven, eight, and one record. And uh, you look at that division standings: the Forty ers were eleven four and one, the Seattle was eleven and five, and St. Louis was seven eight and one. So they're right. They're knocking on the door. Arizona's under new leadership. I really feel that they're going to be a lot better. Uh, They're going to have some stability at the quarterback position with Carson Palmer throwing the ball to Fitzgerald. And uh, what's my man out of Notre Dame, the wide receiver, uh, Michael Floyd. So, uh, you know, they signed Mendenhall out of Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm really excited about Arizona, and I really feel that they're going to improve on that 5-11 record. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM. We'll be right back after the break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. 
may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info U.M. Sam, before we leave this subject, man, the St. Louis Rams have lost. They took two steps back by losing Steven Jackson as a running back. Steven Jackson may have some wear and tear on him, but trust me, and that's because the Rams put a whole lot of miles on this guy. And and if the most the person that's going to miss him the most is Stafford, the quarterback for the Rams. And, and, and Sam, hey, man, Steven Jackson, solid as ever, hard running. Steven Jackson just put the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl conversation. I'll say that because that's how much production he still has left in him. Uh, I really feel that he's going to do a lot for the Falcons, but uh, you're talking about a young team that uh, they're they're going through a youth transition. I think it was a win-win for uh, for both sides. The, it was a win for Steven Jackson. They, they get the opportunity to play for a team that has a chance to, to possibly play in the Super Bowl, and it was also uh, um, a good situation for the Rams where they can get younger and allow some of their younger younger running backs uh, to get more touches. Uh, I is it going to affect Sam Bradford? Yes, because uh, you don't just replace a potential Hall of Fame running back. But at the same time, I really feel that the guys that they have, uh, they can be uh, productive as a committee and uh, get close to the numbers that Steven Jackson put up. I really like the acquisition of Jake Long at the left tackle. You're talking about a, a young quarterback that's going to be uh, protected by one of the better left tackles in the game when he's healthy. And again, they have just a lot of young pieces and they have a lot of future draft picks. Uh, I, my prediction is they improve on the 5 and 8, five and 11 mark from last year. Will they make the playoffs? I'm not sure, but I do see possibly uh, three of these teams uh out of this division making the playoffs. And there, there is a possibility. Sam, um, Geno Smith was a no-show at Sanchez's California camp, man. How do you feel about that, Sam? Uh, hey, if, if I'm competing with a guy, uh, I don't necessarily have to be best friends with him. I'm going to be respectful to him. I'm going to help him do whatever it takes to make the team better, and I expect the same thing from him. My thing is, what is he going to learn from one of the worst quarterbacks in all of football in Mark Sanchez? How to fumble a snap from center? Uh, I'm just not really sure about this. You know, again, that's the media uh, making a, um, a big deal out of nothing. And uh, But uh, Sanchez feels very confident. You know, he said it's not a big deal, and he's very confident that he's going to be the starting quarterback. You know, he, he kind of had the Jets handcuffed because uh, – 
the, the contract that they gave him last year. He basically has a guaranteed contract for about nine or ten million dollars this year. So it's really going to be tough for them to cut him unless Geno Smith just plays lights out in the preseason. And then there's still a chance that they're going to start French, uh, Sanchez because they have so much money invested in him. Uh, he's definitely took two or three steps back. I hope he. Uh, this is a big year. This is a career defining year for uh, Mark Sanchez. Um, to be honest, uh, I, I wish him the best, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Geno Smith by week four. Uh, there are some talks out of New York that if Sanchez win the starting position, that they're looking into using Smith as a change of pace quarterback and to add that dimension that they thought they were getting when they signed Tim Tebow last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on bringing in another young quarterback uh, to be a change of pace guy? Uh is, is this something that can help him or hurt his confidence uh, long term? What, what are your thoughts? I don't. I don't see this as a, a good idea. Uh, I've never liked a two quarterback system, and it definitely does not work in the NFL. You may see it a little bit in college, but when you start stepping up to the pros, these guys don't like to be coming out of the game. And uh, I don't think Geno Smith is going to start the season, but I can easily see the fans of New York crying for him by the third game, and we'll see him by the fourth game. This is definitely a big year for Rex Ryan also. You know, you're talking about uh, a guy being in limbo, man. A guy that has a quarterback in Sanchez, uh, in Sanchez, not Sanchez. When they were calling him Sanchez, that that was short for franchise. So uh, Mm -hmm. he's been nothing close to a franchise quarterback. Uh, He did take him to two division championships. But uh, at the same time, man, uh, that's when they were playing stout defense. Uh, the, The defense is a little older. Uh, it's just going to be tough. You know, this is the big year for Rex. If they don't make the playoffs, he could be potentially out of a job. Uh, but I, the one thing about Rex, I don't think he'll be out of a job long. Uh, so uh, uh, I don't think Rex Ryan will be out of a job long, but I do think this is his last go-round in, in New York. I think this is the, the last we're going to see of him in New York. He'll probably be in, in Texas or somewhere, somewhere else as a coordinator next year, or maybe even a head coach somewhere else in the NFL next year because the way um, head coaches are recycled in the NFL. So it wouldn't surprise me, but I think we're about to see the last hooray of Rex Ryan in New York City. Wouldn't surprise me, and uh, when Rex is on, if Rex is on his way out, uh, I, I really feel that uh, Mark Sanchez, this is his last year in New York. Also, uh, I personally think Rex Ryan is a hell of a coach, and um, hope that the Jets do the right thing and uh, be a little bit more patient with him, realizing that they are going through transition, through a transition phase, and uh, hopefully Smith will be able to show them enough to where they'll have their franchise quarterback that they thought they had in Sanchez. Hey, Daryl, another guy who's getting a lot, a lot of media buzz, and uh, he, he's really not, in my opinion, he's doing a terrible job of handling uh, his 15 minutes of fame. Uh, you're talking about the first freshman quarterback to ever win the, the Heisman Trophy, Johnny Menzel. You know, he's in the news again. Uh, he leaves the the – the Manning Academy, due to dehydration, is the uh, reported rumor. Uh, what are your thoughts on Johnny Manziel and how he's handled all of the um, the lime the limelight? Well, I, I honestly, I don't think he's handled it very well at all. And I think here's another example of um, of, of internet and um, 
Twitter, Facebook, actually being too much information for just a regular regular fan. You know, we don't need to know. Um, we don't need to see pictures of him out drinking. We don't need to him. We don't need for him to tell us that he can't just live a normal life on, on in college anymore because he's such a popular person that every time he goes outside, he's being mobbed. You know, some of this information we don't need to know. And as as fast as the media can build you up, they can build you. They can they can tell you down faster. It seems like he's on a, on a, on a spiral coming down. The spiral hasn't started very quickly yet, but he's on a spiral coming down. And as soon as he loses one or two games in a row, the spiral is going to get faster and faster. And he's no longer going to be the darling of college football. He'll just be a quarterback like Ryan Leaf, who we put up on a pedestal, and we watched him just dwindle and fall down, fall down, fall down. Now, hey, uh, Darrell, I played against Ron Leaf in the uh, Rose Bowl. I think Ron Leaf was a, a terrific uh, college player. And, you know, in a lot of cases, it just don't work out where guys get drafted high. There's a lot of expectations. And, uh, you know, that don't make you a bad person. But uh, sometimes guys can't handle being in that spotlight. And, uh, you know, the one thing I'll say about uh, Johnny, man, is to me, he missed the um, the memo, the class of how you handle success, you know, uh you know, when, when you're starting to get a little media buzz, and, and, and in his case, uh, he's been oversaturated. He's been in videos. He's he's just the talk of the town. He had to take online classes uh, to stop from being a distraction in class. You know, hopefully Texas A&M, his parents, they sit him down for the hundredth time and say, look, Johnny, you, you, you have to do a better job of being in the spotlight. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel it's going to hurt his Heisman Trophy candidacy uh, in the aspect that uh, regardless of what he do, it's going to be tough to win a second Heisman Trophy. You know, it hasn't been done since uh, Archie Griffin of Ohio State. And uh, you're, you're talking about being in a rare, rare, rare atmosphere. Uh, you're talking about one of the greatest ever. And, uh the media's watching. They're seeing how he's handling this. And you're going to have some people that say, hey, man, this guy has off-the-field issues. Regardless of what his stats is, you know, they're not going to vote for him. And uh, like you said, they build you up to tear you down. Uh, he has to do a better job. It is a part of being a superstar college athlete. And, yeah, he, has, he, and he hasn't handled it well at all, in my opinion. I, I would agree totally. You, you know, you would have to be a – a role model athlete basically do everything right and be a super player on the field to be a two-time Heisman Trophy winner. He's already off to a wobbly wheel. He's had, he's, he doesn't have a good good understanding with the media. He's almost um, putting himself in a bad position every other week or so by saying something or doing something. And now he's sent home from the Peyton Manning Quarterback Academy Come on, man. That's that's not a good look. You know, this is like the, the the cream dollar cream of quarterback camps, and he was a counselor there. You know, a lot of kids were looking forward to him being being their counselor that week, or at least seeing him and have a chance, have an opportunity to talk to him, maybe even um, get something encouraging from him, uh, whether it be something he said or something he showed them. But they're not gonna, they they didn't have that opportunity to do that this weekend. It was some kids went home on Sunday, and they were sad because they didn't have a chance to see the Heisman Trophy winner. 
You know, so he, he lets some people down. And when you start letting people down, people start talking about it and it follows you. You know, now you're no longer the darling. Now you're that guy that, that let Dr. Simpson's son down because you got kicked out of the camp because you were at some bar drinking and wasn't able to come to a meeting at 10 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 7.30. And you're, you're talking about the first family of quarterbacks. You're talking about Peyton, Archie, and Eli. And they have over 1,200 young aspiring quarterbacks come to camp for a long weekend in every July and that look forward to uh, working with uh, NFL quarterbacks, college quarterbacks. And, uh, you know, again, like I think you hit on it, Johnny Manziel is going to be my counselor. Imagine the excitement uh, when you're a kid at the camp and you find out that Johnny football is going to be your counselor and you wake up the next morning exciting to meet your counselor and Johnny's a no-show because he's hanging out at the bar or or he's not communicating because you know what? Even if Johnny was sick, even if he was dehydrated, he didn't call anyone and let them know. And I know that they taught him better than that at Texas A&M at College Station. If you're not going to be able to make something, pick up the phone, call. And all he had to do was say, hey, I'm not going to be here. I'm not feeling well. And I'm sure all would have been forgotten. But what happens when Johnny goes home? His father says he's resting. But, hey, you got two people in the bar that takes a picture of Johnny and instant message again they tweets johnny out having two cold ones you know hey you got to make smarter decisions man uh and at the end of the day you have to be accountable for your actions and uh the best thing to do man is just tell the truth yeah and man we have to be these young men have to be aware and i because i am aware the cameras are everywhere you know i mean everywhere you go you do something stupid you can almost guarantee that somebody has your picture, and it's and it's probably on the internet by the evening. You know, it, it used to be a time where we wait for the evening news to, to figure out what was going on. Um, now we look at the internet. You understand what I'm saying? Me and my wife in the car one day, and we saw um, we saw a whole bunch of police cars at a bank, and the, and the lady says, "Oh, um, I can't tell you what happened. The police told me not to say anything." Man, we got on the internet, and before we could get home. The story's all over the internet. You understand what I'm saying? So every cameras are everywhere, people are everywhere, and the media is instantaneous now. Before it took a couple of days for stories to be shown, for us to receive information. Now we get it in a matter of minutes and seconds. It is so true, so true. Hey, uh, the home run derby's going on. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, Stories, uh, Derrick Rose says he's going to be 100% and he will play in the first game of the season. Ron Artest is finally home, uh, signs a two-year deal with the Knicks and tweets where Brooklyn at. Uh, Andre Bynum signs with the Cleveland Cavaliers and uh, Tiger Woods is an 8-1 favorite to win the British Open. What are your thoughts, Daryl? You got about 30 seconds. Hey, man, I think this list of PED players in the Major League Baseball is going to get long. And don't be surprised if there's some names on there that you didn't think was going to be there. Like Ortiz from the White, from the from Boston. Um, don't, don't be surprised if Robinson Cano, his name may be on this list. He's had some hints of, of uh, PED. So, hey. Man, don't be surprised when one of your favorite baseball players gets suspended for a year. 
That's a lot of games. Or a hundred games. That's a lot of games, man. It is. It's definitely a lot of games. Hey, next week we're going to have our fantasy football predictions. So all you fantasy gurus and fantasy football fanatics tune in next week you're listening to sports info you am on the best sports american network peace peace thanks again for listening daryl oliver and sam sword will be back again next monday at 5 p.m pacific time 8 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel for more sports info um we'll see you then